All right. Let's uh, go ahead and get into the lesson tonight. I promise it will not be too long. Notice I use the word too. Okay. It won't be too long. Um, if you'll turn to the book of Hebrews, we're going to be talking about great faith. Uh, we're going to do part of what we have from the book of the Revelation, uh, book of Hebrews. It's a letter that um, it, it, it doesn't mention the author of the letter. However, the way that it was written and the language that it was written. Uh, even the, the, the early Christians believed that this was the Apostle Paul writing to the Hebrew people. Because remember, he was Hebrew himself. And they were his people, and he had a heart for his people. Now, he preached mostly to Gentiles, but that's because his people would turn a deaf ear to the gospel. They didn't want to hear. He would go into a town, and his, his custom of doing things, when he would go to a town, he would seek out a synagogue. Now, a synagogue had to have 12 men in it. And if you could get 12 men together, it, it formed a synagogue. And then, it, you know, there would be more of them and more of them and more of them that would grow. But he would find a synagogue and he would go into the synagogue because he was a Jew. Okay? He, he was Jewish and he'd been a leader in, uh, in Israel. And he would go and he'd preach the gospel. If they received the gospel, he would, able to, he would establish a church there with that synagogue. If they wouldn't receive the gospel, then he'd go and he would preach to the Gentiles that were out there. And what would happen is most of the time the Jews would reject the message. And so he would go and he'd preach to the Gentiles and the Gentiles would receive the message. So God used him more for the Gentiles than he did for the Jews, but his heart was still there because they were his people. You know, you, you really get a heart for your people, for your family, those that you're acquainted with. And so he had a heart with that. And so... In this letter, he talks about faith, okay? And um, um, Hebrews, long chapter, but he, there's one chapter which is ded dedicated to just faith. And um, a couple of verses before we read Hebrews. Uh, Romans 1.17 says this, uh, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And that's taken from Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse number 4, that says this, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. So I get the idea from the Old Testament, Habakkuk, and from Romans, how are we supposed to live? By faith. So Okay, so let's look at the book of Hebrews in, in, in the, chapter number 11. It says, Now faith is the substance of of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Notice that. He says that it's the substance of things, the things that we hope for, the things that we cannot see, okay? Uh, and the elders got a good report. Abraham was justified not by the works of the law, but by faith, Okay? Uh, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. It's just been in our recent history that uh, the science, so-called, has determined that everything is made of things we cannot see. Now, it's still hard to understand, but they say that this, 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 this podium is made of 
whatever material it is, and they're itty bitty tiny little things that you can't see. But there's so many of them, and they're so together that you have something solid. Now, I can't see that. But yet, in this passage of Scripture says that we understand that those things that are seen are made by things that you can't see. See, the scientists didn't come up with anything new, did they? Well, it says, by faith, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, and by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of this gift, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And how did he please God? Because he walked by faith. Okay? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he determined the, uh, um, condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Here's another good example. Noah, Noah was said that he was righteous in his generation. God told him to build an ark. What in the world is an ark? I don't know what an ark is. He says, well, I want you to build it. Here are the dimensions. And he gave Noah the dimensions of the ark. Noah took him 120 years to build the ark. He didn't have skill saws, table saws. He didn't have drills, jackhammers, all the tools that we would use to build something like that. He did not have. He did it all by hand tools. Took him 120 years. That's a lot of faith. Because I would imagine there was a lot of people that made fun of him, okay, while he was out there. What you, what you building, Noah? He says, I'm building an ark. And they said, you're building a what? I'm building an ark. God told me to build this. I'm building an ark. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. I'm just building it. And of course, we know what it was for. It was to be able to save he and his family and uh, the land animals uh, for, after the destruction that God was going to bring upon the earth. By, uh, verse number 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after uh, receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he soldiered in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him, of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. How would you, ladies, how would you like it if your husband came in one day and says, pack it up, we're moving. And you say, well, where are we going to move to? And he says, I don't know. Especially when they'd been there a long time. He wasn't just a, long, a young kid here. He's a he's, he's you know, middle-aged man. Okay? He goes in, he says, hey, we're, we're, we're moving. Where are we going? I don't know. I'm just, God told me to pack up and we're moving. And they moved, okay? Lived in tents. How would you like that, ladies? Uh, what are we going to live in? I don't know. Just get the tent. I know what my wife would say. She'd say, does it have hot and cold running water? Does it have a bathroom in it? Does it have a nice, comfortable bed? I'm not going to camp in that thing. 
Okay? But yet they moved and God blessed them. It says here that he looked for a city with foundation whose builder and maker was God. He's living by faith. Therefore sprang uh, there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the sea shore innumerable. These, now look, this is important. We're not going to read all of this, okay, but we're, we're halfway through. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know, we sing the song, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. That's what these folks did. They traveled and they spent their entire life searching for God, but they, had, they could see it by faith. They trusted God would deliver them. And so that's, uh, that's, that's the theme tonight. There's, there's some things about faith. Uh, of course, faith is believing, or trusting, or resting, or hoping. Okay, there's different kinds of faith, and this is interesting. There's no faith in Deuteronomy 32.20. There's little faith in Matthew 6.30. There's great faith in Matthew 8.10. There's weak faith in Romans 14.1. And there's strong faith in Acts 4.20. So different kinds of faith. Different people have different kinds of faith. There's different things that you can do and how you can treat faith. You can lose it. You can have it increased, you can be full of faith, and you can be turned from faith okay, to, where you, to where you no longer have it. There's different types of faith. There's doctrinal faith that we see in the book of Jude. It tells us to contend for it, contend for what we believe. Okay? There's saving faith. That's trusting Christ alone for salvation. In Acts 16, the jailer came in for Paul and Silas as they were singing the praises to the Lord while they were beaten, while they were chained in the middle of the jail, in the middle of the night, and they were praising God. They had much faith. They were trusting the Lord even in adverse situations. And uh, when the jail was shaken and everybody's chains were loosened and the doors were open and they could have run away, but they didn't because I imagine they were there and they, they had heard the message that Paul and Silas had preached and they wanted to hear more. The jailer comes in. It says that he would have killed himself. That's because Roman law was if you were a jailer and your prisoner got away, you fulfilled his sentence, whatever it was. Now, if it was, you know, 30 years without parole, you got 30 years without parole. If it was death, when the jailer saw that all, when that happened, he thought, oh, no, they're all gone. I might as well just take my sword out and get myself because I'm going to have to anyway. And, of course, they stopped him. He says, we're all here. And he asked the question, what must I do to be saved? He probably heard the preaching of Paul and Silas in that jail while he was there. He probably heard that preaching, and so it sparked his interest. And, of course, their message was, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And he was. So there's saving faith. There's justifying faith. In Genesis 15, 6, God has declared us righteous. There's indwelling faith. That's trusting God's word as truth. There's daily faith. A day, uh, a 
day-to-day dependence on God. And then there's the gift of faith in Hebrews that we saw, uh, the ability to uh, allow our faith to grow. And so um, uh, what is faith? Faith is simply believing God, trusting God, taking God at his word. I don't understand it. There's some things that as I read, I do not understand why, but we're not supposed to question why. We're supposed to just trust God because he never lets us down. Uh, of course, we've just read the, the, the definition, okay? Uh, in the third verse, it says that we understand how the world began. The scientists try to tell us that billions and billions of years ago, boom, there was a there, there was this big bang, and all of a sudden, well, that doesn't measure out. I trust what God said. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and Word, and the Word, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And we see the six days of creation. And by the way, there, this is interesting. I read a couple of articles where there's scientists today are beginning to turn to the biblical account of creation instead of billions and trillions of years ago, bang, and happen. You know, so uh, uh, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Uh, we find in verse number six that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay? You can't go to the Lord and say, do this, do this, do this, and not believe in him. You must believe that he exists and that he is going to, uh, that he is reward those that seek after him. Okay, that's that's a prerequisite. You got to believe that he is. Um, uh, what is faith? Faith is accepting the way of salvation. Romans three ten tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, part of faith is recognizing that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Words are important. The word all. What does the word all mean? It means all. Okay? It means all. It means every one of every one of us in this room are sinners. Okay? Everyone. And everyone outside of this room are sinners. All have sinned. Glory to God. Faith is recognizing that recognizing that it's not by works, it's not anything that we can do. It's recognizing that the wages of sin is death, and it recognizes that, the, that uh, salvation is a gift that God gives us. Okay, that's part of faith. It's saying, okay, I don't understand it. I don't understand why I can be saved. I don't, understand, I, I don't deserve it, but yet by faith... I accept it. I trust it. Um, the day that I trusted Christ as Savior, it was probably the first time that I ever really heard clear-cut gospel message. We were not church-going people. Okay, my mother, she was a good mother, but you know, she never prayed. She never read the Bible. We never sat down and discussed spiritual things. We never did anything like that. We only went to church a couple of three times, and those weren't very successful. One was a Pentecostal church, and that scared the daylights out of me. They started doing a bunch of gibbering stuff and shaking and all sorts of stuff all around us. Man, that scared the death out of me. 
And I, I, I told my mom and dad, I, I don't want to go back there. That, that's scary. Okay? Uh, we went to another church that was just, you know, cold and dead and nothing happened to you. They sang some songs and they gave a good, uh, you know, little talk and that was it. We even went to a Baptist church and that wasn't much success either. And, but um, when I heard what the true gospel, that Jesus died for my sins and was buried and rose again the third day and that salvation is a gift from God, I didn't have any biblical backings to to, to, to fall upon, all I had to do was trust God. Trust that Jesus loved me, that Jesus died for me, that he was buried, and three days later he arose and he was alive. And so faith was, was, was accepting that salvation. So that's, a, that's the first step of faith. The second step of faith is walking and living by faith. Romans Seven, uh, Romans, the first chapter, says, For therein, and we already read it, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith, that faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God hath showed it unto them. The invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And so uh, walking and living by faith is looking at what God has, the creation of God, and accepting it. Accepting it for what it is. God has, God has a wonderful creation. It, Everything that he's done, it's a wonderful creation. And it's just trusting that creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 talks about, says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, we, we don't always see what's going to happen. And you know something? That's a good thing. Okay, that's a good thing. Because sometimes the things that are going to happen in our lives, if we saw what that was going to be, uh, that might... You know, that might change some directions on us. We say, wait a minute. I don't know. I don't know if I like this or not. Okay? Uh, we walk by faith. And that faith is, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know that my God will take care of me. And whatever he chooses me to go through, he will be there with me. Okay? That's faith. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm trusting God. Uh, John R. Rice, and I've mentioned this before, but it's a good illustration of faith. He was a cab driver for a while before he became an evangelist, but he, he was a believer. And a guy got into his cab in New York, and he pulled a gun on him. And his response was, no, please don't kill me. No, he didn't do that. He looked him square in the eye, and he says, you can't threaten, heaven for, you can't threaten me with heaven. You can't threaten me with heaven. He had a faith that no matter what happened, even if this guy pulled the trigger, you know, he had a better place to go. Heaven. Okay? And uh, that's living by faith. Galatians 3.9, it says, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faith, blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as were of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. 
but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Okay, so it's not uh, walking by faith and living by faith is not walking and living by a set of rules, but it's trusting God. Now, in trusting God, he has a standard for us to live by. Okay, and part of that faith is I will trust that standard. Okay, I will trust that standard. And uh, uh, whatever it is, faith says um, that, that we live by it. Uh, we live by hearing his word, believing his word, reading his word, resting upon his word, hiding his word in our heart, and meditating upon his word. So you know, those are all part of our faith. So we hear it. That's one reason why we meet together is so that we can hear the word of God. That builds our faith. That helps us to walk in faith. Um, uh, believing in the word. Believing in what we hear. Okay, trusting in that. Reading his word. It's important that we read the word of God. Okay? Because a lot of times what we read has more power than what we hear. Okay? It sticks with us longer when we read it. Okay? Uh, resting upon his word. Okay? That, that means just putting a full, complete rest in God's word, what it says. Hiding his word in our heart. There's a lot of people that says hiding the word of God in our heart. That's, that's memorization. Well, that's part of it. But hiding God's word in our heart is, is making it part of our lives. Okay? Not just saying, well, I memorize it. Memorize God's word. Anybody. And um, I've had drunks quote God's word. Take a little wine for thy stomach's sake. Yeah, Satan knows a lot of God's word. That's a good point, Brother Brad. When we read about the temptation of Jesus, the devil quoted scripture to Jesus. Okay, he quoted scripture. And so just, just memorizing it isn't part of it. Now, that is part of it. But it's hiding the principle in our heart, applying it to our hearts. And by the way, as you get older, it gets harder and harder to memorize it. But we can still hide it in our hearts. We may not be able to remember it all, but we can hide it in our heart. We can put it there so that we don't sin against God. Okay? And then, of course, meditating. Meditating is the idea of chewing the cud. Okay? Chewing the cud. And that is thinking about what it says, how it applies to us, and then going over it and going over it and going over it. Okay? That's part of living with faith. What faith does not do. Okay? Faith has limitations. One of the things that faith does not do, it does not shield us from physical suffering. Think, well, a Christian shouldn't, all, shouldn't have physical suffering. No, faith doesn't shield us from that. We see a good portion of that. Uh, the Apostle Paul, and he talks about that in 2 Corinthians, and he, he talks about the fact that he was, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he went without food. Okay, those, <laughs> that's doing a little bit of suffering, isn't it? That's physical suffering, but yet his faith was strong. 
Okay? His faith was strong. It doesn't shield us from physical suffering. You may have to suffer for the Lord. Okay? Now, I don't like that idea. I have a very, very low threshold of pain. Okay? The doctor comes in when we're ready for our surgery, and I said, look, you know, we're going to have surgery. You make sure that i got plenty of pain. Medicine. Because I don't like the pain. Okay? Just because I'm a Christian doesn't, you know, I can't say, oh, well, I'm not going to suffer physical suffering. No, part of faith recognizes is that we may go through some physical suffering. We may have some pain in our lives. But God's in control. He won't allow anything that we can't handle. He will give us the grace to follow through. When I had my surgery, I was saying, oh, man, there's going to be a lot of pain. And they told me there's going to be a lot of pain. And I'm going, oh, boy, a lot of pain. I don't like that idea, but I, I, I don't have any choice. You know, this, you know, my body's going through this, and I'm going to have to face this pain. But you know something? It wasn't as bad as they said it was going to be. And that's what I asked the doctors. I said, you know, be straight with me. Just let me know. If it's really going to hurt, tell me it's really going to hurt. Don't say, well, this won't hurt very much. That's why I don't trust dentists. They said, this, this isn't going to hurt. And then they stick a needle in you that long and say, okay, and it hurts. But um, faith doesn't deliver me from suffering. Faith does not shield us from the loss of earthly possessions. Okay? That doesn't, doesn't shield us. Something may come along where everything that we have we'll lose. But that, that, just because we're Christians, that doesn't mean that we're shielded from that. It may happen. There are people today, for instance, there's people over in the Ukraine, Christian brothers and sisters that have lost everything, lost their homes and everything they have. Okay? And we've seen that happen. As a matter of fact, again, in the book of Hebrews, it, it talks about it. It says that, they, that they, uh, uh, they went through all sorts of things. Okay? And um, some of them were sawn in two, and some of them lived in, in uh, um, it says here, well, let's read it. It says, uh, 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 starts up in, in verse number 32. It says here, And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned the flight of the armies of the aliens. Women received the dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, for they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trials of cruel mocking and scourgings, and moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in the mountains and in the dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without should not be made perfect. And so faith doesn't keep us away from earthly losing, earthly possessions, or not having any kind of persecution. Faith does not guarantee ease. 
I'm going to have an easy life. No, it doesn't guarantee that. It just guarantees that God will be with us. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee, that even in the rough life, one has faith and they trust God and God sees them through it. He sees them through it. The apostle Paul, when, uh, when, when he was having problems, and we don't know what it was. There's some that thinks that he had problems with eyes, maybe cataracts with the eyes. But he says it was, it was like a thorn in the flesh to him. And it was, he, he says, the devil just keeps giving me problems with this. And, it's, and, and we're told that he asked God three times to take that away from him. And the Lord said, no. He said, my grace is sufficient. And Paul, after hearing that from the Lord, saying, he said uh, that God's grace was sufficient. His faith was, well, then I will glory in my infirmities. When I'm weak, he is strong. Uh, there's times, you know, we pray, God, take me away from this. You know, well, some of you kids, you know, you may get in trouble in school. You may, you know, and you're going to go see the principal. You may say, oh, Lord, get me out of this. Protect me from this. Well, maybe that's exactly what you need. You need to see the principle. Straighten out a little bit, you know. You never can tell. Uh, at work, you know, you say, oh boy, here we go. We're going to have problems here. Well, maybe that's what God wants to put you through, is to test your faith. Because faith does not guarantee ease. And faith does not guarantee, does not shield us from grief. How many of you have lost a loved one? Okay. There's a lot of grief there. It doesn't, faith doesn't shield us from that. It happens. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. It's an appointment that everybody meets. We're going to meet that appointment one of these days. If the trumpet doesn't sound to take us home in the rapture, we are going to meet the Lord through death. Every one of us. And it's an, it's an appointment that is made. We don't know when it is but it is an appointment that we will keep, and God keeps it too. He's never late, and he's never early. He's always right on time. And faith doesn't shield us from that because it's part of life. Grief is there. Grief helps us turn to him for comfort. A lot of times I've had, I've had several funerals, and one of the things that I, you know, you, you want to go and you want to try, try to say something to the grieving people that will encourage them. What I normally say is, listen, I can't relieve your grief, but I know somebody that can. I can't help you in this, but Jesus can. And if you will trust him, he will help you with your grief. I've had to... Um, I've had some of that in my life. I had a brother that I didn't even, you know, that I didn't even know most of my life I didn't even know I had uh, died. I had to deal with that. And then I had to deal with a, 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 two fathers, one a biological father and one an adopted father. And I've had to deal with two uh, mothers, one biological and one adopted, pass away. I've had to deal with a, a godly father-in-law and a godly mother-in-law passed away, had to deal with the grief. God didn't shield me from that grief. He just helped me through that grief because I put my trust in him. So those are the things that faith does not do. What are some of the things that faith does? 
Well, faith saves, of course, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. A blind man can't see, but he can believe. Okay? A deaf person can't hear, but they can believe. A dying man can't stop dying, but he can believe. He can trust God. Young or old, rich or poor, educated or uneducated, all can trust Jesus for salvation. There's no stage in life that doesn't prevent an individual to have enough faith to trust Jesus Christ. It's a simple thing. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Why would he say that? Because little children have simple faith. They just simply trust God. When, um, when Cheryl and I was just newly married, we, um, we handled the junior church at, a, at the church that we were at. We were the, we were the junior church uh, uh, workers. And, uh, you know, we'd get up and she'd play it and I'd lead some singing and I'd have them do a, we We did that, a wise old man had a thousand men, marched them up the hill one day and marched them down again. And when you're up, you're up. And when you're down, you're down. But when you're only halfway up, you're neither up nor down. And they get down. And I did that, brother. I did that a lot. And boy, I could do it too. And I'd get it faster and faster and faster. You know, there was a little game. Had a thousand men marching the whole day. And marching that again. When you're up, you're up. And when you're down, you're down. When you're only halfway up, you're neither up or down. You know, and they'd, all, they'd keep up with me. I won't dare try it now. I'd pass out. <laughs> but uh, we had a little girl. I think she was four years old that would come almost every Sunday to ask Jesus into her heart. Every Sunday. And um, every Sunday we would have somebody talk to her about trusting Jesus as her Savior. And I had some of the parents and some of the other workers say, well, why, do you, why, do you, why don't you just turn her away? She's too young. She doesn't understand. And I said, no, we're not going to turn her away because we never know when one of those Sundays will be the Sunday that her faith will be opened up to where she could understand what is going on. And um, some years later, we ran across that young lady that turned into a young lady, and she had trusted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. You see, uh, faith, even as a little child, can be um, generated and they can be saved. Faith justifies. And the word justified, if you can understand what that means, it's actually a bookkeeping term. Uh, if, you, if you know a little bit of bookkeeping, you have, you have to justify the books. That means you need to make, make them balanced. Okay? Uh, we're told that faith justifies. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1. Justify. To be able to remember, that, though, it is just as if I had never sinned. That's how you can understand what justified means. Okay, um, It involves forgiveness. It involves cleansing. It involves restoration. It re- involves fellowship. We all sin okay, because we're sinners. Sometimes it's just, it just happens. Sometimes we plan it. Okay? But we can be, through faith, we can be justified. Through Jesus Christ. 
And that means just as though I'd never sinned. When God looks at me through all his wisdom, he doesn't see a sinner. He sees a person who's been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when he looks at you, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he doesn't see a sinner. He sees somebody who's been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees us as though we were perfect. Okay? We're justified by faith. Okay? He, uh, faith stabilizes us. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed but abideth forever. Psalm 125.1, he stabilizes us. He makes things stable and leveled off. Okay? Faith strengthens us. Philippians 4.13. How many of you know that one? How many of you have hidden that one in your heart? Okay? It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You say, I just can't do this. I can't do this. Yes, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And there are times I think, oh boy, I can't do this. I just can't do this. But then I think of this verse, and by faith I claim this verse, I can do all things. Whatever God requires of me to do, I can do through Jesus Christ, and he will give me the ability to do it. When I was growing up, I was an extreme introvert. Extreme introverts don't like to talk to people. They find a little nook, a little place where nobody can see them, and they hide. That's what I would do. We would go to friends' house, and that's what I would do. I would find the most remote room there was. And I'd get over in the corner, and I would hide, and I wouldn't talk to anybody. When I get to school, they wanted us to give an oral report. I hardly ever gave an oral report. There's just no way in the world I'm going to get up before my peers and give a report, a book report or anything. I'll write it out, and I'll hand it in but I'm not going to get up in front of anybody and give an oral report. I just can't do that. I don't know how many times my father would whack me in the back of the head. We'd be walking down the street, somebody across the street said, Hey, how y'all doing? And I'd just... And my father would go, Smack! Say hi! Oh, hi! And I'd keep on going. I was an extreme introvert. God saved me, and I began attending church. And I was going regularly. I went for an entire year. But shortly after I trusted Christ as Savior, God began to work on my heart. He says, I want you to be in ministry. My response was, I can't do that. I can't get up and teach a Sunday school class. I can't get up in front of people. I can't do it. I can't get up and give a sermon like the pastor does. I can't get up and sing like these singers do. I can't do it. When I finally came to the point where I yielded to God and said, God, you are my Savior. You saved me. You cleansed me. And I was taught this passage of Scripture, and I hid it in my heart. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I said, God, I don't think I can do it, but if that's what you want me to do, I know that you'll give me the strength to do it. And now my wife says, yeah, and you shut up. You just long, long, and keeps on going and keeps on going and keeps on going. But the point is, God will give you, as well as he gives to me, whatever you need to do what he wants you to do. 
because I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's what faith does. I have faith in the God that will give me the ability to do whatever he wants me to do. If God begins to say, hey, I want you to be a Sunday school teacher, don't say, oh, I can't do that. Just say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's the faith. God wants me to go and have this ministry. Well, I can't do that. God will give you whatever you need to do whatever he wants you to do. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Faith sings in adversity. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, uh, uh, Rejoice evermore. Faith allows us, when adversity comes, to be able to sing praises to God. Faith stretches us. Faith stretches us. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God, and he begins to stretch us and helps us stretch out and do more for him. That's what faith does. Faith isn't, well, I've got faith. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to wait for the rapture to take place or before the grave comes. And I'm not going to. No, faith stretches us and helps us to do more. Matter of fact, uh, there's a passage of scriptures uh, in the book of Chronicles. And as you read the book of Chronicles, I have to be honest. Chronicles can be very, very boring because all it is is about begats. So-and-so begat so-and-so and so-and-so and then they live and they begat so-and-so and they had this son, this son, this son, this son. All the ones, that, you know, you can't pronounce their name. They can't give them John and Harry and Fred and George. They have to have these long, long names that you can't even pronounce. But as you're going through the book of Chronicles, and it's, I mean, it's not just one chapter. It's several chapters. But in one of those chapters, there's a little there's a little verb in there, and, it says, and it's got by the name of Jabez. And it says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers were, and he prayed and he asked God to strengthen him and to enlarge his coasts and to keep him from wickedness. Okay? He wanted God to enlarge his coast. And I preached a message on that one time. God wants us to enlarge Okay, he wants us to increase our faith, increase what we do for him, what we trust him for. Okay, not be content with just a little bit, but trust him for more. Trust him for more. Had this little poem, and we'll close with this poem. It's about faith. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith. By faith and not by sight, Savior, I walk with thee. Lead thou my feet aright. Choose thou the path for me. Choose thou the path for me. I would not if I could, for only thou can see my highest heavenly good. My highest heavenly good lies in thy will alone, designed and understood by love upon his throne. By love upon his throne, my life is planted aright, secure in Christ alone. I walk by faith not by sight. That's what faith is. I hope, I hope that you will walk by faith and that your faith will be in